Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 39. Does that get annoying? Like, it annoys me having to say it, but it's one of those things where I've started it, so now I feel like I have to keep it going because, I don't know, if I if I heard something at the other end of this, like, and it was me listening to something and it would be like, oh, like you know what you're getting, this is how it starts. Anyway, I don't care. I'm just going to keep doing it. Don't at me. I don't want to know if it's annoying or not. (laughs) Anyway, today we are going to be talking about all-inclusive holidays because it's getting to that time, isn't it? Now, the reason I want to talk specifically, do you know what? I will do another podcast episode about how to approach a holiday, but because this is fresh in my mind just now and a friend of mine is on an all-inclusive, let's do this this week and we'll do that another time. But all-inclusive holidays. So this comes up a lot inside Clam and Roll. And yeah, you're probably not going to expect what I'm going to say about this, but all-inclusive holidays are amazing for fat loss. Now, I am not suggesting that anyone should be going on a holiday, uh, on an all-inclusive holiday and trying to lose fat. But that doesn't take away away from the fact that an all-inclusive holiday is exceptional for people who are trying to lose weight. And here's why. So inside, if if you are someone on the outside, I'll explain that on the inside of Clan Monroe, inside the Monroe Method, we focus pretty heavily on making sure our members are consuming adequate amounts, not high, adequate amounts, as in not scraping the bare minimum, but not doing it, not going overboard eating enough to thrive, not just to survive, uh, when it comes to protein and fibre. Now, there's a reason for that. Protein, first of all, it's one of those ones that if you don't eat it, you die. But that's not why we do it. We do it because protein has many different uh, positive health benefits, aside from not dying if you don't eat any. But it is also, of the three macronutrients, carbohydrates, I was going to say carbs, carbohydrates, fats and proteins. Protein is the most satiating, which is a fancy way of saying it's the one that leaves you feeling full, leaves you feeling fullest for longest. So a diet rich in protein is a very filling diet. Now, fibre is a bit, it's a bit different. The reason we focus on fibre, it's not to get people eating more fibre. It's to get people eating plants. Fibre is the number that we use along with the encouragement that most of your fibre should come from plants to get people consuming enough of the essential vitamins and minerals that their body needs. So for example, if I I say to our members, uh, 30 to 50 grams a day is considered a healthy range, but because we are in a calorie deficit, because we're getting by on less, Trying to get 30 to 50 grams of fibre in your diet while you're on 1,400 calories is going to be difficult. So we work to a minimum, or we try to work to a minimum of 20 grams a day, which is more realistic for people trying to lose weight. That advice comes with, this is the number, we are aiming to get around 20 grams of fibre a day. Here are the foods you should do that with. And as much as it pains me to give people examples of the food they should be eating, I do it anyway. Fibre, we won't make this about fibre, but fibre is one of these strange things that people think there is so much mystery 
attached to it. You know, I do check-ins every single day where people say, oh, I need to research more fibre. I need to go research more fibre sources. And it's like, no, you don't. I've already told you where fibre comes from. It comes from plants. Eat more vegetables. Eat more nuts. Eat more seeds. Eat more fruits. Eat more foods that contain plants. And that's it. You don't need to do any research. You just need to eat stuff that has fibre in it. Anyway. So yeah, the two things that we focus on most are protein intakes, helping people reach a level of adequacy with protein and similarly learning how to balance their diet so they're consuming enough fibre. Because when you nail those two things, and fibre has a similar effect, the similar effect that protein has is that it does leave, it promotes satiety. So as you can imagine, if you can increase the, the satiety in someone's diet, you make them feel fuller for longer. What's the opposite of being fuller for longer? You mean It means that they're not feeling hungrier, uh, hungry as frequent. So you're increasing fullness, increasing satiety, you're reducing hunger, you're reducing frequency of hunger. And if everybody in the world felt less hungry, they would be far less inclined to eat as frequently and we would all have much fewer weight issues. So that's the main one, right? There's also the ridiculous amount of health benefits that go with doing these things. But in terms of when you're trying to help someone not just lose weight, but lose weight for life, you have to help them. You have to help them basically fix all the reasons why they have weight to lose in the first place. And one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest one, is people's nutritionally poor diets. Diets that lack fruits, vegetables, adequate protein, etc. So the reason we focus heavily on these is because I'm not just trying to get someone a result by having them count calories. I'm trying to help someone get a result now, but also learn how to maintain that result for the rest of their life. And that comes mostly from learning how to balance your diet, manage your hunger levels and actually eat food and feel full for a decent length of time, not just eating super noodles and toast and being hungry an hour later. So, back to all-inclusive holidays. And this is why all-inclusive holidays are just such an amazing thing for the people that I work with and the way that I do things. Because when you go to an all-inclusive, you walk into that big room, you stand in the line or, or you go in and it's just buffets everywhere. Now, your initial thought when you think of all-inclusives is just eating and drinking to excess. Oh my God, I'm going to gain so much weight. All this food's going to be available. There's a difference between food being available and you choosing to eat the food, right? You are still completely in control of your food choices. And the great thing about all-inclusives is when you walk into that kitchen or that restaurant and you've got all these things laid out with all the trays, everything is divided up. You've got a salad bar packed with salad, stuff that you probably wouldn't even think about buying at home, stuff that would take you ages to chop up and prep at home. Like think about the reasons that people talk about not eating healthy. It's too expensive. It takes too much time to prep. Well, all those excuses are gone now. You've already paid for the holiday. This food is already paid for. It's all been chopped and prepped for you. All you have to do is walk up and put it on your plate. So you've got a salad bar. Then you come over and you have a protein section where you will have 
three, four, five different protein choices. You'll have a beef selection, maybe a pork, maybe a chicken, probably a fish. Take your pick. There's your protein. Put your protein on your plate. Have it make up a third of your plate. Then you move on to the carb section. You will have a choice of pasta, rice, chips, potatoes in multiple different formats. Pick one and put it on your plate so it takes up a quarter of the plate. Then you'll have a vegetable section. Again, endless trays of vegetables. Not And it's not just like, here's a pile of soggy broccoli, slap it on your plate. It's stuff that's been cooked and prepped to make it taste great. Again, vegetables that have been cooked and prepared in a way that you would probably never think of doing at home or not make for yourself at home. Fill half of your plate with that or a mixture of that with salad. If you do that, then you have just created a well-balanced plate of food. It has protein, it has starchy carbs, the quarter of potatoes, chips, pasta, rice, whatever it is. And then the rest of it is vegetables and or salad. That is a balanced plate of food. And there'll be fats involved somewhere, but that'll probably come within the sauce on something or if you've got a fattier cut of meat. So there will be fats involved. Um, And that's it. You've done it. All you need to do now is sit down with this plate of food. And now the job the the the, the job is that you should eat mindfully. Job wasn't the word I wanted to use, but I couldn't think of what it was. Uh, now your goal, mm, I don't know, is to eat that in a balanced way. So how do you eat in a balanced way? Well, if we think about the things that we are prioritizing, here's a great example. I I used to work with a guy who enjoyed the idea of a salad, but he liked chips more. Um, in another lifetime, when I did before I do what I do now, we used to go to the canteen and every once a week, Shona would put on salads and she would always keep me one because I would have a salad with chips. Now, I would eat all of the salad and it was a nice salad. It was not just plain. There was like, uh, I don't know, there would always be eggs involved and like it, it, was, a, it was always great. And... Once I started to feel full, if I was going to leave something, it would be like half a dozen chips. Whereas my colleague sitting to the left of me, because I sat at the end of the table, we all had our own (laughs) specific seats because that's how routine we were. He would eat all these chips and if there was going to be anything else, it would be anything left, it would be salad. So... There are better and not so better ways of prioritizing the weight that you eat. Now, first of all, you need to have the habit in place that you do not clear every plate or you need to not have the habit in place that you clear every plate. You need to be someone that has the ability to stop eating when you start to feel full. Not only that, you have to be able to know when to stop eating when you start to feel full. Now, that's going to be different on an all-inclusive holiday because you're not going to be watching a TV but you might be scrolling a phone, you might be reading a book. Eat mindfully. Pay attention to what you're doing. Put your full, almost your full attention on the act of eating. Because if your full attention, or most of your attention isn't on the act of eating, number one, you're not having the best possible eating experience. Should I talk about that just now? I'll come back to it. Number two, you're not connecting with what you're eating, so you're not recognising what's going on inside. You're not sure when you're starting to feel full, you won't know when to stop because you're not listening. 
you don't have the ability to hear your body when it tells you that it's had enough and it wants to stop now. So first of all, you have to have the ability to be able to stop when you start to feel full, right? Once you've got that in place, then you can look at the way you balance your meal. So coming back to the way we've put it out, we've got all the veggies and the salad on 50% of the plate, a quarter is protein, a quarter is chips, rice, pasta, whatever it is. Now, to eat this in a balanced way, in, in an ideal world, if there is going to be something left on that plate, you want it to be, I'll say the least nutritious part, the least important part, right? Vegetables and salad are important. important. Protein is important. Carbs have their place, but they're actually non-essential. So you wouldn't die if you didn't eat carbs. You would die if you didn't eat protein. And I guess you would probably end up dying if you never ate any vegetables or got any nutrients from anywhere as well. So you would not sit and eat all of the chips. Like, you know, if, if your stomach has like X amount of space, you would not take up 50% of that space or 60% of that space actually with chips or just rice or just pasta. And then with what little space is left, you get a little bit of the protein in and you get a little bit of the vegetables in. Because then you're in a situation where you've dedicated most space to something that isn't going to fill you up for as long as the other things would. So someone can have a healthy, balanced diet when it comes to looking at their plate, but they might be leaving a lot of the healthy, balanced part on the plate because of the way they're choosing to to balance the way that they eat it, right? They eat all the carby part and there's a lot of the protein getting left and a lot of the vegetables getting left. So how do you do it? You just switch it. If anything is going to be left on the on your plate, just let it be the starchy carbs. Eat your vegetables, eat your protein. If you're starting to feel full, let it be a few chips, let it be some rice, let it be some pasta, whatever. And then that way you've eaten your dinner and you're not just full, you're also satiated, meaning that that meal is going to last you, you know, it's going to last you for three hours. You're not going to feel hungry for another three to four hours. You might even make it to your next meal time. Whereas if you just filled yourself with chips or whatever, there's the chance that you're going to be hungry an hour, an hour and a half later. Do you see what I mean? So that's one thing. What was the other thing I was going to say? It'll come back to me. And then you have the dessert where the thing is like if you are if you're doing everything else right you know if you are balancing if you are balancing things in that direction you are stopping when you're starting to feel full you'll start to feel full much sooner if you feel full much sooner and then stop you'll be consuming fewer calories having a, a dessert along with that's going to be realistic it's going to be less realistic if you are stacking your plate high it's not well balanced, you're clearing every plate, you're consuming way more calories than you usually do, and then you're going and getting a dessert and adding that on top of that. The other thing was breakfast. Breakfast is another incredible opportunity because I would say that I've probably been to quite a lot of all-inclusives. I used to work for Thomas Cook in another lifetime in a call centre selling holidays or selling dreams as we were told when we were getting our sales training back then. Um, 
Breakfast is another great opportunity. So yes, going abroad, they do tend to cater to our tastes. So there will be lots of fried goods available. But many restaurants will also have like an egg counter where they will stand there and make you an omelette right in front of you. What do you want in it? Stack all the vegetables in it. Or they will have like an egg part where they'll ask, you know, do you want poached? Do you want fried? Do you want scrambled, etc.? And then again, it's just a, a case of trying to build like a balanced breakfast. So there's going, probably going to be more protein involved. And I need to try and remember about our veggie and vegan listeners. But even when you come to like the cold part, so what would normally be the salad bar when you go for breakfast, it's normally like cheese and yogurt and fruit and things like that. So rather, you know, if, if you keep the, the protein and fiber theme going, not necessarily meat and vegetables, although that can be a thing on holiday, um, you can also think along the lines of dairy and fruit and putting things like that together. So yeah, all-inclusive holidays, they are, while I wouldn't recommend like going to an all-inclusive and then trying to stick to a weight loss goal, at the very least, you could 100% maintain your weight on an all-inclusive holiday. If you listen, if you not, if you listen to me, but if you apply the basics of what balanced eating is and a balanced diet is, most of the time, yes, you're going to drink on top of that and you'll have like beer on tap and wine and spirits, etc. And yes, you might well gain weight when you're away, but if you can nail down the eating side and if you can balance that really well and if you can make yourself feel fuller on less while not missing out on anything, drastically reducing your hunger levels, then yes, the alcohol is in addition to that, but the alcohol is not already getting added to an excess, right? You're not eating to excess, then drinking to excess on top of that. You are eating in a balanced way that might even have you in a calorie deficit and then the alcohol calories come later. So don't don't just create this this idea and work, work to the assumption that uh, all-inclusive holidays will always lead to weight gain. And, you know, here, here's another thing as well. I didn't want to talk about this too much to do with holidays, but one of the reasons that people act the way that they do on holiday, and it's not because of what they do on holiday, it's because of what they do before they go on holiday. Now, I come from a yo-yo dieting family and I have watched many people crash diet themselves down to very low weights before a holiday through massive restriction with the absolute intention of going on holiday and going fucking wild with food and drink. And like I say, it's the holiday part isn't the problem. It's the massive restriction before it. So if you let's say you're going on a holiday in, well, it's going to be close now, right? It's almost July. Um, If you're going on a holiday soon, but let's say you started dieting eight weeks ago or 12 weeks ago and you have been hardcore with it. You've had losses. You're going to Slimming World. You've had losses every week. You're getting all the badges, getting all the the awards. Everybody's commenting on how hashtag on plan you are and how focused and determined. And you're like, yep, Fucking eight weeks till Cavos. Hashtag whatever it is, right? Whatever shit it is that people say when they're talking about all the 
no pain, no gain, and nothing tastes as good as feeling slim in a bikini feels, and all that nonsense. But what you're doing is, you're putting yourself through a period of extreme restriction. You've had no takeaways, you're not drinking, like I said, you're in the zone, and that means no chocolate, no sugar, no days off, all that other hero stuff that people spout. And when it comes to holiday time, you go fucking mental. Absolutely mental. You're eating out three times a day, cooked. In fact, if it's the all-inclusive, you're smashing the buffet every chance that you get. You're going to the snack bar in between mealtimes, so it's like cooked breakfast, then you're going up to the cheese counter and you've got slices of cheese with it, and then you've got, you're even taking the breakfast desserts that they put out as well. And then you go to the pool and because you're eating a low quality diet, you're hungry soon after. So you go to the snack bar and it's hot dogs and burgers and nuggets and all that stuff. Then you're drinking the slushy cocktails at 400 calories a cocktail. Do you know, I once I once worked with someone and this is a great example to, to end on. I once worked with someone who had a few things going on that made it very difficult for them to lose weight and made it very easy for them to gain weight. PCOS being the main factor in insulin resistance. But they had to fight tooth and nail for every loss that they saw on the scales, right? And we worked together for quite a while and they lost a significant amount of weight and it wasn't easy and it was hard and it meant they had to restrict a fair bit, but it was like necessary restriction because that's just what they had to do to lose weight. So we probably spent, I don't know, four, I don't know, I'll just be making numbers up, but we spent quite a length of time losing however much weight it was. The numbers I'm not going to make up are the ones that they gained, so because I remember it vividly. So they were going on this three-week all-inclusive holiday. We talked about it a lot beforehand. I told them a lot of this stuff beforehand, and they went away confident and armed with all the tools and all the knowledge, and it's going to be great, and they came back. Three weeks later, and they were two stone heavier. So, just let's just run the numbers on that, right? It, for I don't have a calculator to hand, but for every pound of fat that you gain, there are three thousand five hundred calories involved, right? So you have to overconsume by three thousand five hundred calories to gain a pound of fat. So this person managed to overconsume by three thousand five hundred calories twenty-eight times. Now it wasn't really twenty-eight. 28 is just what it was when they came back. So you can't compare. Another tip, you cannot compare, especially if you're dieting right up to a holiday. I'll say it for a third time. You cannot compare your lowest weight in a calorie deficit to your highest weight in a calorie surplus. That's stupid. Um, if you are eating 1,200 calories a day and you've been in a deficit for weeks, your weight is as low as it's going to get, right? So let's say you're in a deficit right up until Friday today. This Friday if you're listening to this when I put it out. And you're going on holiday tomorrow and you're going away for a week. And next... Um, what would, Saturday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you come back next Saturday and you are 10 pounds heavier. Now, you have not gone on holiday and stayed in a deficit for a week. You have eaten, drank, done all your stuff, been in the sun, travelled, been up in the air, your weight's fluctuating like mad anyway. You cannot then step on the scales and say, oh my God, I've gained 10 pounds, because that's nonsense. 
you're comparing your highest possible weight to your lowest possible weight and taking that as, oh, look, I've gained 10 pounds. Nonsense. So how do you do it? Well, when it comes to comparing your weight, you can only compare like for like. So when you come back, you get back into a calorie deficit. You give it a week, your weight will come down, it will stop and it will start fluctuating. When your weight stops, you are now back to your lowest weight in a deficit. So you went away at 10 stone, you came back at 10 stone 10, you went into a deficit, your weight came down to 10 10 stone 3, you can now say, well, I did gain weight, but it was three pounds, not 10, because then you're comparing like for like. Back to my example. So this person gained 28 pounds in three weeks. But again, they didn't really because that was their weight before they went and their weight when they came back. So they got into a deficit, their weight came down for a week and then it stopped and they had gained 21 pounds in three weeks. Now, it's the only time I've ever seen anything like that in six years of doing this. Um, and there were a few factors involved and, you know, she was very disbelieving, couldn't understand it, it wasn't that bad, I didn't eat that much and all this stuff. And then she started to open up a bit more and be a little more honest and she messaged me privately and said, do you know what, um, it was it was actually the slushies. I was So she was all inclusive, she was happy with the way that she was eating, but she was lying by the pool almost every day because that was her thing, and she was drinking slushy cocktails every day. And once we found out that these slushy cocktails, I think, I'm sure it was pina coladas, and there were something like 350 calories each, and she said she was having up to 10 a day. So there's your 3,500 extra calories, and that's on top of um, food, you know, that's on top of breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks and then any other alcohol from anywhere else so that was just throughout the day from when the bar opened in the morning through to dinner time then going out at night and then having a meal out and drinking at when out and about or drinking at the entertainment at night so it made perfect sense it made absolute perfect sense why that person like had literally gained 21 pounds of fat over a three-week period because they were massively over consuming in cocktails right most of the calories came from these slushy cocktails which were I don't even think they were that alcoholic it was just the stuff that was in them I don't know what goes into a pina colada but whatever it was it was high in calories I know they're quite a creamy cocktail so yeah it's it's very easily done anyway we'll end on that note So all-inclusive holidays, honestly, they are not something to fear. They're not something to worry about. You will either choose to eat and drink to excess or you won't. If you want to make it easier for you to manage your consumption, prioritise protein and fibre at your meals. Work to that meal template that I said. Try and keep your plates 50% veggies and salad, 25% protein, 25% carbs. It won't always work out like that, but just keep that kind of basic template in mind. Um, Stop eating when you start to feel full. Eat when you're hungry. Avoid snacking if you're not hungry. Um, Pick and choose your moments with your desserts. Alcohol is alcohol. Everybody's going to do what they're going to do with that. But you you can negate like a massive amount of unnecessary weight gain by 
taking controls, not the word I want to use, by applying the basics, applying the basics of what balanced eating is and a balanced diet is most of the time. Um, but yeah, you don't need to be coming back from a holiday carrying massive amounts of, of unnecessary weight, right? There's, yes, it's realistic to gain a few pounds on a holiday, but it doesn't need to be, you know, you don't need to be crash dieting your way down, losing a stone or two stone so you can go away and just pile it all back on again through massive overconsumption. And yeah, I didn't finish talking about that where like people, these people that massively restrict before they go, like they're just setting themselves up to massively overconsume when they go away because it's like a free for all. Look at that. Look at me. I can eat all this stuff that I've been missing out on all this time and the room's full of Lay's and Milka bars and we're, you know, drinking beer from 10 o'clock in the morning all day because we can and every single meal that we go for, it's we're having three courses every single meal. So yeah, I, I think a large part of it, a, a large part of how we behave on holiday is attributed to how we behave the rest of the time because you're you're almost rebelling against this restriction you place yourself under. And you can solve a lot of that by following an approach that does not leave you feeling restricted. It's why we have such an inclusive approach inside Clan Monroe. Nothing's off limits. Nothing's bad. Nothing's unhealthy. We're just trying to learn how to balance things by giving our body what it needs most of the time and having what we fancy some of the time. And that means that when things like holidays, social occasions, weekends away, etc. do come around, it's just more of the same that, you know, there's no need to to rebel or make up for anything you've been restricting because you're not doing anything different to what you've done. It then becomes about the holiday, about being in the different country, about seeing the sights and enjoying the sun and getting a tan and all that stuff. It's not this seven day free for all, uh, food and drink, free for all. Anyway, enough from me today. Until next time. <laughs>